All right, welcome to the Bull Rush. This is episode 31, and we are calling this the AARP episode. Uh, I am Ty Miller. Tonight I'm joined by Scott Fish and Dynasty Frank. What's going on? What's up, fellas? What's going on, man? Hey, I'm looking forward to this because, um, as we're I mentioned, old. yeah, we're old. We can relate to these guys, right? You guys are kids. Well, Frank, you're older than me. What am I talking about? <laughs> I'm the oldest one here. I forgot about that. Frank, Frank's, uh, Frank's just about to get his AARP card. That's I right. Know. I came in the mail. <laughs> yeah. I'm almost there, man. I'm almost there. You know, I, I always find myself sticking up for these guys on Twitter, and it's usually a losing battle. It's always uphill. Everybody just throws the age in your face, and I'm sure most of these guys have been injured at some point, and they always like to say they're just about washed up, but magically they keep producing. So we're going to kind of go with the dynasty spin on it, but also you know the 2016 season on mind. So how do you guys approach having older players on your team? Are you looking to try to win and then cash out, or how do you, how do you approach it? I, I ride or die with my, with my older guys. That's what I, I'm talking about. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I play in such a win-now mode the, most, the last few years. I, I talked about this in the early days of the bull rush, you know, back, back in the archives, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, I'm I'm in all these championship games and I've won all these championship games in a row because the dynasty community about three four five years ago became so youth oriented and so rookie pick heavy and devy pick heavy that I you can you can just make a complete killing uh, taking a bunch of uh, just trading some of that youth that's really really unreliable and risky and uh, potentially might not do anything for, for veterans that, yeah, sure, maybe they only have a year or two left, but they can actually legitimately put up points every week and get you to a championship. So I, I will buy those. I, I bought Calvin Johnson last summer. No no one was doing that. I, I bought him last summer to, to ride into a championship and won that league. So uh, I, will, I will ride my guys to the end. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm on board with that. I mean, when you, when you do a startup, you want to have a nice young base, but eventually you, you, you want to win. I mean, at least I do. I, I know us three do, and there's people out there that do. So you kind of want to have a nice mixture of rookies or young young players and veterans that, that are going to score points. And you can acquire, if you're contending, you can acquire these these players we're going to talk about for, for nothing. I mean, for literally almost nothing. Um, except, you know, a couple of them. But um, that's what you wanted. I, I rode Calvin Johnson as well into the ground. I will ride a couple of these players. If I have them on my team, I'm going to ride them into the ground. I tried going that, that youth route on one league. I made it a specific. I was like, listen, I'm not going to draft my usual draft. I'm going to go youth only. Screw points. I want youth and put quote-unquote potential and, and that hype. And my team sucks. I hate it. I hate losing. I hate submitting a lineup. I hate it. I'm like, oh, my God. Yes, I know next year is going to be better, but I just can't stand it. I hate it so much. I want to be in it. I want to be involved. And if I'm losing constantly, I'm just not mentally involved in it. You know, the problem with progressive struggle or whatever uh, the term is is nowadays, um, I believe even Ryan McDowell coined that. Um, that's how I got my team that's won 
all those cha- those what seven eight years seven years in a row is it? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like that that team I I progressive struggled the first three years. But here's the problem with doing it nowadays. Half the league is doing it. Half the yeah. league when you if when you more. do a startup. Like half the league is trying the same exact thing, whereas when I did it, I was, if not the only guy doing it, one of the only guys doing it in my league. So I was able to uh, steal all that young talent, but now all that young talent is being split between several teams. And right. we, we, we better watch out, guys. Um, if, if we talk about old guys too much and how much we want to win now, we might not you know, be able to call ourselves any kind of dynasty podcast. They, 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 they <laughs> well, we're we're, we're going to price ourselves out. We're going to price ourselves out of these guys. They're going to listen to this. They're going to say, oh, you guys like Frank Gore? Give me a first for Frank Gore. I'm like, you yep. son of a bitch. Use it against us. Last week, you would have taken a third for Frank Gore. Now you want a first for Frank Gore because you heard a podcast. Damn it. Well, even in these startups, you know, the, the phrase that was getting pushed real hard, I you know, it seemed like last season was age insulation. Like you want all these young wide receivers in startups, you're taking them because of that age insulation. They're young guys where they're not really going to lose value, and it is, you know, it it's all through uh, perception, but it, it does hold true. Like with Kevin White, Kevin White didn't play it down, and now somehow his value is increased. Brashad Perriman's holding value. Like these guys, the age insulation is only a real thing because several people make it a thing. You know, whenever I'm doing a startup, I like to blend. And I know the league you're talking about where you, you went very youth-centric. And, yeah, just like Scott said, several guys do it, and all of a sudden... And I got sniped. I got Yeah, sn- unless you do it just happen to hit perfectly, you're screwed because, you know, the other guys have all the young guys. So, like, what I'll try to do is I try to approach it where... Exactly. I want, I want a good base. I want a strong core, even if they're above 25, 26 years old, and then I'm going to take several shots a little bit later on, maybe in the middle rounds of a startup, where those young guys might hit. And if not, you know, that's what the rookie draft is. So I'm going to hopefully get carried through the next couple years with my startup guys. And those rookie drafts are supposed to keep restocking your shelves. So, like, going hard youth on a startup, I don't really see the, uh, the true value of it, you know? You know, that, it, that, it's, totally I find it... Yeah, I I agree that, uh, but I was just gonna add that I, as far as restocking your shelves, w- what's wrong with restocking your shelves with some reliable stuff? Uh, mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and it's cheaper. Yeah, it it, 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 it is. is nice. It is nice to you know have the back end of your roster be all those flyers, those rookies. Um, but the, you got what like a fifty percent hit rate on those, maybe. At times, but those reliable vets, man, you can actually plug those in week to week. Yeah, so if you like the old guys, it's like being a leper colony, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, so let's get into them. You want you guys want to go over some of these players? Yeah, let's do it. All let's right. Well, that. Frank, you mentioned Frank Gore, so um, why don't we why don't we talk about him, Scott? You want to start? Uh, they didn't really bring in much to to fight with Frank Gore. I mean, they brought in Josh Robinson, but uh, I'm not too worried. Uh, Frank Gore was, I believe, RB13 in PPR leagues last year. I could be wrong, but he's right about there. Was it Josh Ferguson or Robinson? Josh Ferguson. Yeah, sorry. Ferguson. What is it? Josh Robinson. Yeah, Yeah, they had um, (laughs) Josh Ferguson. And, 
No, I lost my train of thought. But they Sorry. they didn't they didn't bring in very much to to no no we need to be accurate here on this podcast. <laughs> That's what we're known for, right? <laughs> uh, ignore my tiredness. That offense, I think, is going to purr. Andrew Luck's going to be healthy. He's not going to have his illness or his ribs or you know his just all the maladies that he had last year. Uh, at least we hope not. So that offense should purr a lot better than it did last year. And uh, if he if he stays around or anywhere near the same touch count, uh, for his price, which is like 158th overall in ADP right now. But honestly, even with that ADP, it feels like you can trade for even cheaper than that. Yeah. It feels like people just, they have him on their roster and they're like, wait a second, I can actually get something for this guy before he falls off the cliff? Right. So, right. so trading for him, I think, is even easier than, than uh, where his startup ADP says he is. So um, yeah. he, he's not a bad guy to try to get super cheap and just... If he performs, he performs, and you can start him a few weeks. Right. I mean, like Scott was saying, he was fifth in carries last year with 260 60 touches. He was ninth in yards with 967 touches. This is the last year was the first time since 2011 he didn't eclipse 1,100 yards. I mean, yeah. this guy's an animal. He hasn't reached 1,000 yards three times in his career. Once when he was a rookie in 2005, once in 2010 when he only played 11 games, and he still had 853 yards, and last year with 967 yards. I mean, the only thing is Gore has uh, only scored 10 touchdowns once in 2009. That's his whole career, once. Uh, he was eighth in the league with 36 red zone carries. Six of Gore's touchdowns came from the red zone, five rushing and one receiving, and he had seven last year. So even when they're getting into the red zone, they're feeding him the ball, you know? So, like like Scott said, they just brought in Josh Ferguson, who might take some carries, who might spell Gore, but I don't know. I didn't hear a, a much buzz this offseason about Josh Ferguson. So, um, I think Gore, for, for what you're getting him, running back 47, 158th overall, that's the 13th round in the 12-team league. Yes. Uh, why not? I mean, seriously, why not? And if you're going to try to acquire him, what do you? If, I would try a third round. I'd give up a third rounder for Gore. Oh, in easily. A heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ferguson. I like him as a more of a receiving back, and I think that's probably what they would use him as. But I mean, with Frank Gore, like we were just going through, he's just unbelievably reliable. You know, like in people, people will use his age and his workload and the amount of carries and everything he's getting against him. But for some reason, they don't ever look at that as a positive. How he's able to hold up, how he's able to keep chugging along. So he did that with Matt Hasselbeck for most of the season. You know, if that offense, if Andrew Luck is keeping defenses honest, which I think he definitely will, uh, I don't, I don't see why Frank Gore couldn't push a thousand, eleven hundred yards, something like that. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm hundred percent with you. Yep, it's I, I could not be more with you. I, I, I think my, my biggest thing is his price tag. I mean, he has. I think it's more probable than not that he's a top 25 running back. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe he's 24, maybe he's 23, maybe he's 25, but you could almost trade, like, 30 blind bidding dollars for him to go back to the Mike, Mike Wallace <laughs> comment from last week. And he, he would legit actually be worth that 30 blind yeah, bidding dollars. Yeah, he would, dollars. yeah. I'd oh, pay absolutely. That. Yeah, so let's go on to uh, somebody that's, Really on my radar this offseason. That's Larry Fitzgerald. 
he'll be 33 in August, so obviously he qualifies for this AARP label we're giving him. Um, but he's avoided major injury for almost his entire professional career. Uh, he's only missed eight starts over 12 seasons, which is just crazy. Go, kind of going back to what Frank Gore was doing, you know? Like, these guys are right. just different beasts. But last season he posted an incredible 75% catch rate, and that was on 109 catches, put up over 1,200 yards. Uh, you know, everybody knows Michael Floyd is probably his main threat to take away from some of his targets this year, but, uh, I mean, I really think there should be plenty of opportunity to go around. Um, in 2015, Carson Palmer threw over 530 times, so even if Michael Floyd and John Brown get somewhere around 250 targets, that's going to leave 250-plus ideally for Fitzgerald, uh, you know, David Johnson, Chris Johnson, Ellington, and um, and whoever emerges as the wide receiver three in that offense. So, I mean, the main thing also is they, they gave Fitzgerald a contract through 2018 now, and Michael Floyd is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. So even that the bigger threat of taking away some of his opportunity may be gone at the end of the season. Yeah, and honestly, that 500, what did you say, 30 attempts for Palmer, I could see yeah. that going up. I actually, I think the Cardinals have a, a decent shot at being, you know, the top offense this year, or, you know, top five-ish offense. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a lot of points to spread around, and and I, I don't know why everyone is burying Larry Fitz right now. I mean, I understand his dynasty ADP of, what, like, eighth, ninth round, um, you're grabbing him as you're like wide receiver four or five probably, mm -hmm. uh, at that four probably at that point. But last year, I mean, he had like, I think he had five catches in like twelve or thirteen games. Uh, he yeah he had a twelve hundred yards, nine touchdowns, hundred plus receptions last year. Uh, I didn't yeah. see a guy that was slowing down at all. No, no, and he's no, still not still one the guy. He's still a guy there, I think. Yeah. He's never had less than 103 targets in his career. Every year he's had at least 103 targets, and I think 2014 was his lowest, was was that 103. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I mean, I love Larry Fitzgerald. I've been trying to get him in everything, every redraft, everywhere. I mean, in, uh, in the rush hour league, yep. <laughs> I had to get Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, he had nine touchdowns last year. That's 11th in the league behind Antonio Brown, A.J. Green, Alan Hearns, and Ted Ginn Jr., how the hell did Tegan Jr. have 10, touch, have 10 touchdowns last year? I don't know. We went over that last week. Right. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He was fourth in the league, like Ty said, with 74.4% catch rate, uh, fifth with 109 receptions, 11th with 146 targets. Um, he's the 53rd wide receiver off the board. 53 wide receivers are going ahead of Larry Fitzgerald. 100th yeah, so overall. I mean, you can get just bank on Larry Fitz for two more years. You know, even if he doesn't play throughout his whole contract here. I mean, just two more years of that. That's that's one of these ideal guys you put on your roster that can buy your rookie some time or your young guy some time, and he's cheap. You know, you can probably get him for right. a mid second, something like that. You know. Oh, I'd imagine you, especially a 2017 second, you probably oh, get yeah. him Fitzgerald plus. Plus, yeah. Um, but uh, have you guys seen any trades involving Larry Fitzgerald out there? I haven't. Uh, I, I didn't look. Uh, I didn't look prior to the show. I was just wondering if you had. If if you have not, uh, I think I think you could. All, you could probably even try a third, and a team that's not in contention would probably still do that. 
Yeah, I haven't seen it because nobody's talking about him because he's old. You know, every trade I see, I, the the oldest player I see traded or getting, you know, on the block is Des Bryant. Other than that, Larry Fitz is a is an afterthought for people. Like even people start to talk, are already starting to talk about AJ Green and Julio Jones being right. you know over the hill for for that kind of stuff. Even though they're they're both currently still in my top probably seven. Me too. And get rid of them while you still can. What do you mean? Why? Why am I getting rid of them while I still can? While they could still score me points? Again, they're scoring points. I'd actually be surprised if both of those don't finish in the top five this year. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, you were talking about the trade. I actually, I, I knew I had done one. I couldn't find it here. Um, but yeah, I traded away Ruben Randall and the this year's 412 and 512. For Larry Fitzgerald. Oh my oh gosh. God, where? Where is this league? Can I join? <laughs> you want to join? Man, did they just look at Ruben Randall's stats from last year and just assume he would do that with the Eagles? And Maybe. Uh, I mean, also... Honestly, you might... I mean, let, let's be honest. With trades like this uh, that happen in leagues all the time, third and fourth round, fifth round, it's... Uh, players like Ruben Randall, it's very possible. I, I'd say it's almost likely, Ty, that you traded a guy and got Larry Fitzgerald, and that guy got zero future fantasy starts. Zero. Zero. It's very fourth, possible. You traded like, a fourth and a fifth of Larry Fitzgerald. I've watched Ruben Randall play every single game on the Giants. Well, the guy stinks. Sucks. Well, <laughs> not only that, he's he's like the definition, going back to last week's show, of a roster clogger. Right. When I've, I have had Ruben Randall on my rosters. I don't right now. But I have never felt comfortable putting him in a lineup. And that fourth and fifth rounder, I'm guessing that those are going to be players that aren't going to be, you know, starters this year. And they're, they're I mean, coin flip would be incredibly optimistic yeah, for a rookie that, shot that late. That a fourth or fifth I, rounder is relevant is way I, too generous. Je, Jeff Miller's done the stats on it. And I, I, have to, I would have to look up the article, but I, I'm, I'm guessing you're less than 15% at that point. So oh, yeah. e, even, if, even if any of those three players that that guy got have you know, fantasy games that are start-worthy, what are the odds that he's going to start them? I mean, that guy probably got zero fantasy starts, and you got Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, it's because I was a contender, and I, I mean, I mean, even if I wasn't a contender, I'm still just looking to to make a deal like that because, like I was saying, you can get two or three years out of him, and he's he's an excellent player. He's so reliable. It's kind of like having uh, um like Emmanuel Sanders, only probably a little bit safer than Emmanuel Sanders especially in that offense where he's at exactly. now. Mm -hmm. I need to go trade for Larry Fitzgerald. I know. Here. i got to do this before you uh, release this pod, Todd. Check it out. Check it out. i got another one. I did this with Kenny Darter, okay? Okay. He gave me Larry Fitzgerald and Deion Sims. I gave him Mike Glennon, oh my God. Dwayne Harris, and my, oh my 2017 God. second. I did give oh him. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, I got yeah. Honestly, that that trade is just Fitzgerald and for the 2017 second for me because basically the yeah. the other three, I mean, yeah, sure you might have your hopes for them, but the other three fall in the same category. I was just talking about that. Uh, even even if they have fantasy startable games, the odds that you will have started them for that are not very likely, and sure. that, that's that's something I think fantasy owners don't think about when they trade for guys like that. That 
what are the you're odds wasting you're, a roster spot. Yeah, what are the odds you're actually going to start the player, this player, in in the games that you're that he's going to score? And I actually flipped Deion Sims from that deal to Mailman for Kristen Michael. Probably still not going to play him. Yeah, but <laughs> I feel like Kristen Michael has a little bit more potential there, just because you know he's already. I mean, what if Thomas Rawls' injury? Uh, keeps going, and what if Procise is so bad in pass protection they can't put him in there? And you know, like I, I think there's a path for Kristen Michael to have some a little bit of early season value. I don't really have much long term in him, but um, yeah, I, I can see a little bit of a path there. Well, I know lo- people love hearing about my teams and my trades. So uh, anyway, <laughs> we're gonna move on. <laughs> uh, let's go on to. Victor Cruz, Ruben Randall's former teammate, Victor Cruz. So let me hear this, Frank. Oh, get out of here. Why do you guys hate the Giants so much? It's not the Giants. It's just Victor Cruz. Okay, Victor Cruz was injured. That's the only thing. All right, he's old. Now, only, again, hold on, hold on. Only he missed an entire year and a half or whatever it was. <laughs> I, uh, yes. It's only right. been a year and a half? I feel like <laughs> I was in high school and <laughs> when Victor Cruz played football. I still have okay. my hair. Again, this is assuming he is healthy. <laughs> so in 2011, this guy, Victor Cruz, had 131 targets, 82 receptions. 2012, 143 targets, 86 receptions. Oh, by the way, he had 1,536 in two, uh, yards in 2011, 1,092 yards in uh, 2012. In 2013, when he got hurt after, what, week 14, he had 998 yards, 122 targets, 73 receptions. Nine touchdowns, 10 touchdowns, four touchdowns, respectively. If he comes back healthy, again, big, huge if, huge if, but if he comes back healthy, he can be the number two wide receiver in a in a high high octane or a fast paced West Coast offense across the across the, the the line of scrimmage from Odell Beckham Jr. Now the same reason why I love Sterling Shepard is the same reason why I love Victor Cruz. Sterling Shepard in the slot, Victor Cruz on the outside on one side, Odell Beckham on the other side. He's got he's already got a rapport with Eli Manning. Again, huge, huge, huge injury injury risk. But at 195th overall at wide receiver 87, you're throwing darts anyway. Why not throw a dart at somebody who can maybe, if he comes back healthy, score a ton of points, get a ton of receptions. And if he doesn't, then what? he's 195th overall pick. You know, he's – why not? Why not try it? You know, you do have a fair point. Uh, Victor Cruz was wide receiver 13 in 2012. Uh, Reggie Wayne was 13 and uh, Wes Walker was 12. Or Reggie Wayne was 14 and Wes Walker was 12 and Colston was 11. I value all of those about the same. <laughs> <laughs> Retired? <laughs> James Sorry. Jones. James Jones was number sixteen, though. Of course he was. <laughs> yeah. Of course. <laughs> no, I, I do agree to a point about Victor Cruz because he yeah. is somehow it's, cheaper than Frank Gore. But they're not in the same situation as Victor well, Cruz would be well, in how, right now. Yeah, Cruz is like the cheapest player we're probably going to talk about tonight. I would imagine. I definitely. I, I would imagine you could trade. Like a dollar blind bitty for for Cruz, like probably uh, yeah. It, it, he he's he might actually be on waiver wires. Honestly, 
I, I yeah, think with that, rookie season, he's probably getting cut. Yeah. Yeah, most people have probably given up on him. Yeah. Oh, by the way, if you're in dynasty leagues, you should really consider uh, suspending roster limits during rookie drafts. Uh, maybe even for the entire off season, but definitely during during rookie drafts. I think I think cutting players in the off season before you get you have to cut players before you even get to watch them in off season practices or preseason. That that just seems silly to me. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, just, that's just a little side note for commissioners out there. I, I open yeah. up the rosters more yeah. than just like three or four spots or whatever. Absolutely. Even in my league, well, we, ha- we still have a kicker for some reason. Uh, I have unlimited roster spots. I mean, you want to make some trades, four for one, four for two. You want to see what happens during the yeah. offseason. So you can't, you can't have roster limits. I don't like that either. Uh, sorry for the the side jut off. I just listening listening to that where you know you're cutting players for rookies. I I was talking to uh, to Mocker just uh, the other week about that. He was asking about uh, how you, how you deal with you know rookies being cut during you dro- dropping players and then picking up a rookie while you're during the draft. And I'm like, you, yeah, I just I just go unlimited on that. Oh, by the way, Mocker does say. That Wendell Smallwood, Wendell Smallwood will take over for Ryan Matthews when uh, Frank finally admits that pasta should be called gravy. Pasta oh, called no. Gravy. I'm out of here. Never. Oh. Never happened. So Wendell Smallwood will never, yeah. ever. What the hell is he doing here? That's my guy. That's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, Victor Cruz has the opportunity to get back. Um, if, like you said, he can come back healthy. He's now the probably the oldest guy in the receiving core, I would imagine. So, I mean, that's just... Uh, and, you know, it's crazy because he's going to be 30 in November. So it's not like he's actually the youngest on our list, but he's also probably sustained the biggest injury. You know? let's, also, let's also admit this. The Giants... I mean, we I said this about the Cardinals, but the Giants have a legit shot to, to I don't know, maybe maybe not total offense, but their passing game could could fight for the top passing game in the NFL. It, it really could be up there. So that is that is uh, some, a little feather in the hat or whatever for Victor Cruz if he's healthy and he comes back and he plays and he starts. Yeah, Just because. They're definitely not going to have a, uh, a run game with Paul Perkins. So Son of a bitch. <laughs> you know Paul Perkins, New York Giants hate. You hate Sterling Shepard. You hate Paul Perkins. I like Sterling Shepard. No, 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 I like him. Like I just him. don't like Paul Perkins. <laughs> You're wrong. And Victor Cruz. You hate Victor Cruz. You hate Paul Perkins. You hate Eli Manning. <laughs> well, and now, and if Odell Beckham Jr., I'm sorry, let me get this off my chest. If Khloe Kardashian is legitimately with Odell Beckham Jr., this son of a bitch better – I can't stand <laughs> the Kardashians. Enough with these Kardashians, please. Why do they got to ruin well, everything about my life? <laughs> Frank, life. Frank, though, you, you don't have to worry about Odell Beckham. I mean – Look what look what Chloe dating Lamar Odom did, and Chloe dating uh, James Harden did. I mean, that's uh. it's it's always been such a boom for uh, players when they date Chloe Kardashian. So oh I, would, my God. Uh, I would not worry one bit. Ty, I, I, let's let's talk about the Giants for just one second. <laughs> you I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, talking worst Ty, five teams in the league. Or what? I have a hypothetical for you. Do you I need to get out my pen for this? No, no. If you took the absolute 
best features of each of the New York Giants running backs and put them into one running back, would that be like a borderline NFL starting <laughs> running back? Oh, man. Uh, well, okay, so you put Paul Perkins' age with Rashad Jennings. You might have something, I think. Maybe Vereen's catching ability. Exactly. I mean, yeah. would, it, would it crack the top 32, maybe? It's got to be somewhere <laughs> close. We all know the answer is no, right? That's a no. Who scores more fantasy points, Wendell Smallwood or the Giants' backfield? I, I mean, that's all about it, Frank. I, on, on, honestly, if we're taking a bet on that, you have to bet the Giants' backfield just on volume. Well, sure, yeah. But Come on, Ty, put your money where your mouth is. Capital do- dollars, $5. No, no I'm already going to beat you with Pierre Garçon versus Doxon, so I'll just leave it at that. I don't take too much of your money. Uh, All right, well, this seems like a good time. Frank and I are going to go fight. Um, we're gonna, <laughs> we finally have the triumphant return of the Margosian Minutes, so here's Mike. Mike Margosian here, reporting from the year 2139. While the world survived two terms of President Donald Trump, it was saved by Tom Brady being elected president in 2024. Following the first unanimous vote by Congress, they removed the two-term limit after the singularity was discovered and Brady was turned into a robot. Here we are over 100 years later, and robot president Tom Brady has brought peace to the world as we knew he would do someday. It all started back in 2016 when the devil, Roger Goodell, had Brady suspended for four games to start the season, which brings me to my MFL 10 tip of the week. Those people who were smart and drafted Brady also drafted another quarterback to fill in those four weeks while he was out. There were a few good options. First was Kirk Cousins. He had three good or kind of great matchups in the first four weeks against Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland. Kind of the only bad one on paper was Dallas, but they always played them tough. The other was Derek Carr, who has four great matchups, playing New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Tennessee, and Baltimore. Avoid Tannehill as he plays Seattle, New England, and Cincinnati in those first four weeks. It's tough matchups. Also, Aaron Rodgers has a week four bye, so you don't want no quarterbacks playing. Good luck, and look forward to Robot President Tom Brady bringing the world harmony. Now back to the Bull Rush guys. What the... (laughs) <laughs> did did Mike, you guys get a vibe of like Terminator, like another Terminator movie coming there? I was just about there? to say the, the Mike Margosian minute is a mixture between Terminator, uh, Apocalypse Now, and like fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. If Tom Brady is ever our co- our presidents, our cyborg presidents, thank God I'm dead. Thank God I'm going to be dead. First of all, I I don't buy that the two term limit was taken off was uh, unanimously voted out under Brady. I think if Trump runs for or get wins two terms, he will hold <laughs> members of Congress hostage to get that taken away. Huge win by me. Huge. Okay. Hey, Dynasty I'm Brady. Like, Whoa, Donald, what are you doing? You jumping in here? I swear I'm not going Donald. anywhere. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> what is that? How to make a bill? Uh, damn it. What was that after school special? Uh, yeah. You know what yeah. I'm talking about, right? How to make a bill, yeah. And, and when Congress eliminates a two-term, I'm like, wait, Congress eliminates two terms, eliminates presidential terms? I didn't know we were in school. <laughs> anyway, Mike Moore, at the end of that, there was uh, some great advice uh, about uh, drafting Tom Brady and making sure you, you got your ass covered. Yeah, I, I did. In in the best ball <laughs> I'm drafting Tom Brady, I'm I'm drafting excess quarterbacks just to cover just to cover it there cuz I'm I I firmly believe that that's going to hold up. You think so? Yep. 
I mean, it should have been. Bro. It, it's it's all about. It's not. It's not whether he cheated or not at this point. It's it's about. It's about the CBA and did the did the league do what they were allowed to do by the CBA and they did. Right. Uh, love it or hate it, I I personally think it's a little silly. I'm not a Patriots fan at all, like not even remotely, but uh, uh, it's it's hard to argue that the the league didn't do exactly what they were supposed to, even though I don't think they should be granted that kind of power. A hundred percent agree. As a union member. Uh, I think that Tom should not be suspended. I think Goodell went absolutely <laughs> nuts and just like decided that he's going to be jury, judge, executioner. So fuck Goodell. You right. know, I am by far nowhere near a Patriots fan. Right. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm not sure Brady should have been suspended either at all. It seemed like complete overkill. But I feel like, I mean, the the CBA gave him that the commissioner that power. Right. That's their fault. <laughs> hundred percent. Yeah. Ty's anyway, I've been quiet. What did no, you think I'm about that? This is like the first time we've ever talked about it. <laughs> We're only five hundred days late to the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we, we never talk news and notes on this show. It's We're so like, fitting, you know, though. I mean, yeah. he's the oldest quarterback in the league, so it's fitting we would talk about him on this show, right? We, we are so anti-news and notes, we wait a year and a half to discuss something newsworthy. But so we knew yeah, it would be relevant like, again. Yeah. We're like, hey, did you guys hear Tom Brady got suspended? Huh? It's crazy, Epis- man. Wow, this this guy is going nuts over here. He got suspended before our show started, and it took us to episode 32 to get to it. <laughs> Well, anyway, I want to thank Mike for uh, the little tip there. That's at MikeMarFF on Twitter. If you want to go follow him, you should. Thanks, Mike. All right, so one of the guys I wanted to bring up here is my man, Drew Brees. And I know we don't talk too much about quarterbacks, although we just talked about Tom Brady for five minutes. But uh, It'll yeah, get so here he got suspended. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you know who hasn't been suspended? Drew Brees because he's a hell of a guy. All right, so he's going as quarterback 10 in May startups, which he's he's actually going to be, uh, or he is 37, so that's that's kind of seems high, I guess, QB 10, until you start looking at what he's actually done. And the only quarterback older than him is Tom Brady, but you kind of look at, is there any reason that this guy can't play until 40? I mean, the main worry for Breeze owner, what's that? It's just because he's short. Yeah, exactly. Right, he's six foot tall. He can't play. I mean, the main worry for Breeze owners is the fact he's entering his final year of his contract, but the latest news I've seen was that Mickey Loomis, which is the Saints GM, and Breeze have both come out publicly saying they're working towards a deal that would keep him in New Orleans. So I'm not really too worried about that. I think I think that people need to settle down a little bit. This, is, this also may be the best crop of weapons he's had since their Super Bowl year, if not a little bit better. You know, I think if the Saints run more with Mark Ingram this season, history has shown that doesn't really hurt Breeze's stat line because in 2014, Ingram had over 220 carries, which is 70 more than he had last season, and Breeze still nearly hit 5,000 yards passing. So here's some nuggets on Drew Breeze, though. He hasn't averaged less than 275 yards passing per game since he came to New Orleans in 2006, so 10 years averaging over 275 yards per game. Also, over that same time span, he's averaged 34.8 passing touchdowns per season. I mean, the dude's unbelievable. And if you think he'll play wow. to 40 years old like I do, what's not to love about him? 
Well, not just 34.8, but his floor is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, like in the last eight years, his worst touchdown season is 32. Yeah, that's that's crazy. And, that's and, that's, crazy. and that was in a year he missed a game. The dude is absolutely – he was eighth in the league with 78 red zone attempts. So he's even – he's thrown in the red zone. Uh, he was second in the league with 627 passing, passing attempts, second in the league with 98 deep ball attempts, first in the league with 4,876 yards, second in the league with a 68.4 completion percentage. He was sixth in, in the league in passer rating with 101 Third in total QBR, if that means anything, with 75 and a half. Sixth in yards per attempt with uh, with 7.8. Uh, since 2010, Breeze has had at least 627 pass attempts. So, as of his age, if this dude was 32 years old putting up these stats, he'd be the first QB off the board. Not only sure. since 2010, but uh, in the last eight of the eight of the last nine years, he's had at least that many attempts. He probably. It's hard to imagine he'd throw for even less this year. Well, the one year he didn't, he missed a game. And I'm positive he would have right. had 113 attempts that game to make that 627 <laughs> number. But, <laughs> okay, maybe that was a slower year for him. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just the just the consistency, the, the touchdowns, the yards, the attempts, everything is there no matter – if the team is good or mediocre, it doesn't matter. It just it's always there for him. So, but how many more years? I mean, I, I that's why he's going late in dynasty. Yeah, that's that's why you can get him cheap. That's why he's on this show. He's a great buy. I actually feel bad that in one league I sold him basically straight up for Darius Geist last year, but uh, mm. I didn't need him. I had four starters, so. He was he was one of yeah, five. Yeah, I mean, stars. if you don't need him, right? Yeah. He, he's 127th overall going into the 10th round. Yeah, that's that amazing. Well, he's it, just even two more years. If you get two years out of him, that's just you know what the what you're expecting from him. You know, it's just it's just great. Yeah, it's I don't know how he does it. I mean, I'm this. We're, you may not know this, but I'm the same age as Drew Brees. So I, I don't understand how he's doing it because my back and knees hurt all the time. <laughs> Wait, I'm what? older than Drew Brees? How old is Drew Brees? You're... I think it's 37. They're going to be 37 here. Oh, God, I'm older than Drew Brees. Son of a <laughs> bitch. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll, turn, I'll turn 37 this fantasy season. So. <laughs> wow. Man. Old balls. Yep. Oh, old balls. <laughs> yep. Talking about old balls. Uh, let's uh, let's go on to. That should be the title of it. <laughs> it really should be. I'm curious to hear what you guys' thoughts are for Brandon Marshall. And I know we talked about him in the AFC East episode, but what what are you thinking here? I know now that you know Andy Singleton told us about the Showtime show that he's been you know hitting on more. There's a little bit of issues going on. I guess they're doing a little bit of a holdout. He and Eric Decker waiting for Fitzpatrick to come in. I mean, what do you, what do you guys think about him? He's 32 years old. I think there's a chance that him and Eric Decker are just preserving their bodies a little bit and having some solidarity at the same time. Yeah, that's but, possible. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I still like him. His price is by far the highest of any of the players we're talking about, though. I mean, he's still, like, depending on the league, like a fourth or fifth round startup ADP. I mean, he's he's still going for a good amount of money. Uh, he's wide receiver 30 off the board, uh, 41st overall. That's a third-round ADP. 
but if you, I mean, just just pop up his stats, and the guy is a beast. Uh, he's had a thousand, at least a thousand yards every single year since 2006, except two years. I'm sorry, 2006 and no, 2014. Miami, he so, was. Oof, that was rough. What did he score? Two touchdowns that year? Something like that. Actually, he scored. Yeah. He scored three touchdowns in 2010 oh, and three. six touchdowns in 2000 and 2011. All right. So Brandon Marshall, if just another hypothetical here, what if Geno is his his quarterback? I mean, is is he an auto sell at this point for you right now? If you have him, Ooh. are you no? Uh, like we said at the top, I'm I'm more of a ride or die guy with my guys like that. I just feel like I'm probably not going to get the value I want for what I think he can still produce. Um, and if Geno Smith becomes the quarterback, I I would not doubt that there's a nice uh, nice size negative vibe in the dynasty community that drives his price even do- down even further to the point that I I would definitely be just holding on and taking whatever points he gives me this year. Yeah, if Geno Smith is the quarterback for the Jets, it's definitely a hit in my book. So I would probably hold on to him. I'm not going to sell him for cheap because I know what he can do. Uh, Just look at his history. But I wouldn't expect it. If Geno Smith is the starter, I would not expect another 14-touchdown season. Uh, He was third in the league with 14 red zone receptions. It's Hmm. just, I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, his... The thing is, he wasn't that effective. He wasn't that uh, efficient in the red zone. He had he was 49th in the league with a 56% red zone catch rate and wow. 63% catch rate overall, which puts him 37th overall. I hmm. don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Just hold on to him, write him out. I don't yeah. know that I'm trading for him either because it feels like people who own him, the price is just it's it's at that point where it's just prohibitive enough that. I know it's a one-year rental. I man, I don't know. I don't. I don't even know that I I could trade for him. He's not cheap like the rest of the guys. I feel like he's still somewhat expensive. All right, so let's go on to our last guy right here, and this is Delaney Walker. Uh, before I get into it, do you guys have any thoughts on him? I'm just curious, <laughs> just curious just, how a non-Titans fan views Delaney Walker. Did Did you see me on Twitter earlier today? I did not. No. Delaney Walker. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I am not buying Delaney Walker this season. Um, really? I I feel like they are going to run a lot more. I feel like uh, sometimes it seemed like some of his scoring was fluky. Uh, he he is up there in age, but I, I think they're going to run more. I think DJB, DGB is going to have an uptick in targets. Like I think I think they might pass less, and DGB will get an uptick in targets. And they got Rashard Matthews. I just I just don't know that I don't I don't know that he's going to have quite the production that he's he's been seeing. Um, it's not that it's not that I don't think he'll be a good tight end. I just I just think. A lot of people have seen him in the last year or two as like, like a, a tight end one, like upper half tight end one, like a tight end six or seven or something. And I, I just think that there's that I just see such a downswing for this year for him. Um, I don't hate him, and if if he's there at the right price, I'll take him. But if I'm gonna go with an AARP tight end with. Uh, with an even worse price tag than him, I'd go with Zach Miller <laughs> of the Bears. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Zach Miller's going what four or five rounds later, 
and he's I I think I I don't know he ended the Zach uh, I'm gonna move to Zach Miller for a second there. yeah that's fine go ahead uh, Zach Miller I just I just looked up his stats because I want to see in the last seven games he averaged 13 points a game he averaged you know four catches four four and a half catches five and a half targets um, 54 and a half yards scored uh, four touchdowns all in the last seven games. With Martellus Bennett gone, I know Alshon's going to be healthy. I know Kevin White's there. I don't expect I don't expect Zach Miller to light the world on fire. But for a guy that's going 194th overall, 31 year old, uh, that you could probably get pretty cheap. I'd probably rather have him than Walker five rounds earlier. But if Frank can talk about Walker, I've already poo pooed on why I think Walker is in for a regression. Well, Delaney Walker's. Uh according to DLF, is the 14th tight end coming off the board, and Zach Miller is the 25th tight end off the board. And I kind of agree with Scott here. Wait, first of all, Zach Miller, let's just say, Zach Miller's going behind Kyle Rudolph. What is this infatuation with Kyle Rudolph? I'll never know anymore. I I, I used to have it, not anymore. Uh, but, um, I, listen, I understand the Delaney Walker uh in 2008, it seems like he's been trending up, at least in targets. In 2014, he had 106 targets, 63 receptions, and 890 yards with four touchdowns. Last year, he had 133 targets, 94 receptions, and 1,088 yards with six touchdowns. But kind of like what Scott said, he's the 14th, 14th tight end coming off the board. They got DeMarco Murray. They got that animal, that beast running back, Derrick Henry. Amazing they footwork. <laughs> amazing footwork laterally, right? Um, right. Uh, the Rashad Matthews came in. DGB, I still love. We all love him because he's tall. But <laughs> so, uh, so uh, listen, I, I, I think he's he's kind of priced okay, but um, I yeah, think I, I might wait two rounds for Zach Miller, like you said, or even a wool tie. I'm sorry. I didn't even realize that uh, he was tight end fourteen. Like uh, I look at redraft ranks, and, and uh, you know, because I've been doing a lot of best balls and redraft, you know, redrafty stuff, filling time, MFL tens, and he's ranked a lot higher in redraft. If in dynasty he's tight end fourteen, that's a really good price actually, because I mean we're talking about a guy who had a thousand plus yards and like a ton of catches last year. I don't know the number, but um, it probably seventy, eighty, ninety. Catches last year, uh, yeah, maybe one. Yeah. Maybe one of you guys can look it up. But uh, yeah, yeah, ninety-four. Yeah, ninety-four. Okay, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. it's even like ten more than I was thinking. But yeah, for for a guy like that, uh, even even with regression, let's say he goes seventy-five for eight fifty and five touchdowns. Tight end fourteen feels like a really good price for that kind of production for a year. That's basically his two thousand and fourteen stat line. You just said right there. His last, the two years ago, that was basically his stat line? Yeah. 75, yep, 63, 63 receptions, 890 yards, and four touchdowns. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. That's, even even if you adjust for that kind of regression for the next two years, um, that's a, four, tight end 14 is a good price for that. Why don't you tell us what you think, since you did most of the homework? <laughs> okay, so now I'm going to give you a little bit of my thoughts on Delaney Walker. If you remember when he came to Tennessee, the whole narrative was he was a very good blocker, but he had less than ideal hands. 
Remember in San Francisco, people were kind of like poo-pooing it because they overpaid him and whatnot. But as a Titans fan, all I've watched Delaney do is make amazing catches, mm-hmm. kind of like what you were talking about with flukes. You know, they, there was a couple of them that just like bounce, bounce off of people. helmets. Yeah, yeah and you'd catch them. Yeah. But he did become the top receiver on the team last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Kendall Wright did get injured, so that, of course, is going to play into something here. But uh, like Frank mentioned, he had 133 targets. The second most targeted Titans wide receiver was Harry Douglas, and he had 72. So 61 more targets than the the second most targeted receiver. And those were the only two receivers they had to break wow. 70 targets in 2015. So I think that Walker wow. may be older, but as we often see with tight ends, they can produce well into their 30s and actually don't really seem to hit their prime until their late 20s. So the Titans know how valuable he is. You know, fantasy footballers, like you said, in redraft, he's going earlier. But even as tight end 14, to me, that's a good deal just because he's going to be 32 years old in August. If he's playing at this at this uh, high of a level through his contract, which they locked him up through 2018 now, I mean, I don't see why he can't be a, a perennial top 12 at least, maybe top 10 if with upside uh, tight end. So, I mean... He he is getting drafted as a tight end 14 in startups, but that's two spots behind Jimmy Graham and lumped in with guys like yeah. Dwayne Allen, Hunter Henry, and Max Williams. So to me, it's criminal for a guy that caught 94 balls with a rookie quarterback last season to be ranked right there. Okay, right. okay, Let, let's let's try to break this down. Marcus Mariota averaged 30 attempts a game last year. Uh, I know he only played 12 games. Let's assume he plays 16 games, right? Okay. Uh, that's what... <laughs> but, uh, I, I'm, let's just say he gets about 500 attempts, okay? Okay. Because, yeah, let's just say 500 attempts because that's, like that's 31 and a quarter uh, attempts per game. That's, that's even saying he'll, he'll have more attempts <laughs> per game next year, even though it seems like they're more committed to the run. 500 attempts. Let's dole those out to RBs, Delaney, DGB, Wright, Richard. You think uh, you think that Delaney's still gonna pop down 130 of those 500 targets? I don't, I don't, I'm not even sure Mariota has that many tar- or attempts this year. No, I, I think that because he did have a 70% catch rate last season. I, I think that the way that Mariota was locking onto him, even when Kendall Wright was in the game, it seemed that Delaney Walker was the primary target. So uh, it, did. it does. If he, I mean, that's true. It so just say his, his targets dropped to 100. So from 133 to 100, and he's catching 70 of those. I mean, I, I still think that you're you're looking at 900 yards, maybe 800 yards mm-hmm. uh, with with some upside, you know. Yeah. I I think uh, I think I made that the a similar point that even even with regression at tight end 14 that's that's good value if if he's a you know a 78850/5 type of tight end. Uh that's that's pretty good. Right. And he had a lot of games I mean, where he had like 6 7 8 catches last year. That's there's no question he was seemed like Mariota's main target. Especially in the red zone. Uh, in the red zone, he had a 28.6% red zone target share. That was second in the league. And his red zone catch rate, yeah, his red zone catch rate was 81.2. That was fifth in the league. 
Dang. So he had 16 targets. He had 16 targets in the red zone. So I mean, they were force feeding him. They were Mariota, whoever the the, the quarterback was, uh, Mattenberger. They yeah. had 606 total passing plays last year for 19th overall in the league. How, how many more years do you think they're, they're, that he's going to have of this? I mean, he's probably got fresher legs because he was yeah. you know, behind Vernon for so long. Prior to 2013, his highest target uh, year, targeted year, was 45 targets in 2010. So then he comes over to Tennessee in 2013, and right away he gets 86 targets. Then for 2014, 106. His targets just has been going up. And since he came over to Tennessee, he had, what, 70% catch rate? Yep. In 2013, a 70% catch rate, and 15 to 70% catch rate, and in 2014, a 60% catch rate. So, I mean, they've been they've been targeting him ever since he came over from Tennessee. So, I I, I I'm kind of turning on him, Ty. Like yeah. I'm I'm starting to like him a lot more now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I came in super. <laughs> I came into this conversation super down on him, and now that I'm realizing that he's tight end 14 and all this stuff. Maybe I'm a little higher on him now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean so. I think he could very well play out this contract he has through 2018. You know, uh, so another three seasons. Um, just to be exact, also going back to when Kendall Wright was playing last season, um, in the nine games that Kendall Wright played with Delaney Walker, Walker averaged 14 and a half PPR points, and he had 8.78 targets per game. Now, Kendall Wright goes out for six of those games. Delaney's uh, point, PPR points per game bumped up about four points to 18 fantasy points, but his targets pretty much stayed the same. Um, so, huh. it, really, he's, his targets were almost the same with Kendall Wright in the game as opposed to when he was out. So, I don't know how it's going to work out with the dynamic with Rashard Matthews now in there, DGB hopefully getting a little bit more work. Uh, but I still think like he's he's so solid, you know. Yeah. Yeah, if, man. If DGB doesn't get a ton more work, there are a lot of people in the fantasy community that are not going to be happy with their <laughs> their fifth round picks. No oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I'd be I'd be so upset, <laughs> so upset. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we talked about all these old guys for thirty minutes and Delaney Walker for thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he's worth it, damn it. <laughs> That's the difference between having Nate Washington. And, oh. <laughs> I really want that audio so bad. Oh man, I wish we had that live. That was great. Uh, you guys got anything else? I'm, we didn't talk about Rashad Perryman. How old is he? Forty. <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot of upside for a forty-year-old in the league. Uh, any leagues uh, we need to talk about, or um, oh, uh, uh, I suppose before we wrap up, I, I I should probably at least give a little plug to uh, I I do run uh, a Toys for Tots drive every year, and uh, I do appreciate donations <laughs> to it. I take pictures of what we go and buy. Uh, Jeff Miller. Uh, also, DLF buys stuff in Las Vegas. I buy stuff in Minnesota, and uh, donate it to Toys for Tots. Take pictures, show you guys what we bought. I am going to run some best ball redraft leagues in August for the people that make donations, and uh, we're gonna have some prizes for that. So maybe I'll, I'll pin it to my Twitter account. 
so that it's right there. You can uh, go check that out and, and maybe make a donation. That would be awesome. And uh, I think I might uh, be I might give away an SFB spot to to a donator, someone who donates to to the charity, just to to the drive, just to you know maybe maybe someone maybe someone will be a little more willing to uh, spend some money if uh, they know they have a shot at an SFB spot. Yeah, it's very generous of you guys to do that. I, I played in uh, I think one of the leagues last year. I don't think it was two, but definitely one of them, and uh, it's a very good cause. Definitely, definitely, uh, uh, I, and I make them unique. I make them, I make them fun, as these guys can attest, and as really anyone who's played in my leagues can attest. I, I, I don't make boring leagues. I, you, you'll, no. you'll enjoy it. Uh, it'll be worth your five bucks or ten bucks or whatever you donate. So, uh, yeah, check out my Twitter account. I'll, I'll make it my pinned tweet probably tonight or tomorrow, or pr- probably before this comes out on, on your iTunes or whatever. Okay, so yeah, be sure to check out Scott's pinned tweet he'll have. Uh, you can follow him at scottfish24. That's going to wrap up the show, episode 31, the AARP episode slash old balls. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can follow Frank at Dynasty Frank. You can follow me at Ty underscore N underscore STL. You can follow the show at Bull Rush Podcast. And that's it. We'll see you next week. Later, guys. Later. Later.